what is up? Arnit's wearing the same thing for like five parts of a, yeah. Yeah, that's what's going on. This is the Async Podcast. My name is Arnit Singh. We're still in quarantine, I think. Um, this is part three of a conversation that I had with Andrew Nasargan and Sherman Yang. And if you listen to the last two episodes, you've been following along. It gets better and better as we go deeper and deeper into the news, politics, and eventually start nerding out on some stuff. So hope you guys enjoy it. Here's part three. I live in California. The moratorium on rents, uh, the fact that Medi-Cal has been a thing for so long and my, and my family are covered. Despite me losing my job, I still have coverage if I need it. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, I was actually going to mention, quick aside, how many of us are actual, of the three of us, how many of us are actually employed in this mess? Like being paid employed? Yeah. Okay, yeah, not so this guy. two or three. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, my company did send a letter saying that they might reopen. So who knows? Maybe something will come up. But it's also a time when I'm thinking, okay, is that something I want to continue doing? I don't know. I got to figure that out. I, but I will say I, it, ha- it has been interesting watching like friends of mine who I knew were larger parts of the gig economy kind of staring, like being kicked off of being a part of that and going, well, is this something I actually want to do? For a lot of Americans, I'm actually really interested to see how many of them are willing to take more progressive leaps in their lives just as as like due to the crisis of like oh wow just like you were saying of like do i want to find something else i can probably find something else let's try that instead because this is not long term you have all this time like now we kind of all have all have this time to sit and learn something or do something yeah Yeah. like i'm knees deep in learning python i've been consuming youtube videos at like a crazy clip i don't know anything more than i did before because it's really really hard and i don't suggest it for anybody who doesn't want to get into the field or have a passion in it, but it is interesting. And it is something that's a little bit like, okay, we're taking the time to better ourselves. And even if you're not, this is the other thing, three months in people listening, even if you are not doing anything with your time, even if you are not finding the motivation to better yourself or go for that run or pick up that course online, it's okay. This is, this is traumatic. Like, the world is on fire. It's fine to sit down on your couch and watch television. Whatever makes you feel better. Because also, nobody like, has ever dealt with something like that. Sorry, no. Truman, go ahead. Exactly. Also, it's like, this is the one time in your life you can save the world by sitting on your couch and watching television. <laughs> Hopefully never again in recorded history. That's not the case. Yeah. No. But it really is like, it's, it's okay to not feel okay right now. And it's going to be like this for a little while. And you shouldn't. I, didn't, I know I didn't do anything wrong to lose my job. I worked 50, 60 hours a week sometimes. I busted my butt. I dedicated my life to the career that I fell into. To and, be fair, you were probably overworked too. Let's talk about that as far as like- And underpaid. Speaking, speaking yeah. of our generation being overworked and underpaid for careers that didn't seem, that are now being canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Like I- it blows my mind the number of people who I've talked to who are just like, nah, I used to work 50 hours a week and now I don't know what to do. It's like, what? Like, that is not healthy. Like, Dude, none I, of I us should be you. doing this. I think on his first, his first podcast episode, he's like, I have so much time now. This is, I'm telling you right now, like, this is the most time I've ever had off, like, in a row in 10 years. Yep. That's inconceivable. And it's uh, like, I'm finding out new things, just sitting on my bed every day thinking like, Oh, I didn't think about this particular thing because I was so busy putting my mind to other things. Like my own, like just, I feel better doing push-ups in my room right now than I ever did when I was working, even though hey, I probably- Good on you, by that. the way. 
I, you gotta do something. Like the soreness has never felt so good. That's a weird thing. But no, but I get that. Like it feels earned, not like, okay, I need to be doing something. It's like, no, 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 This right. makes me feel way better because it's yeah. work. It's keeping right. me active. And I think that's the one thing that we are all as millennials trying to, trying to reconcile is the lack of activity is something that is so inherent and built into our DNA now that not having it is driving us insane. So I can speak to at least part of this because uh, my background noise to my walks around Redmond have been, um, has been a book called The Bully Pulpit by Dennis. Uh, I think it's a Doris Kearns Goodwin. Basically, she's the woman who wrote Team of Rivals, which is what Lincoln's based on, but yay thick. And Bully, Bully Pulpit is a breakdown of Roosevelt and Taft. And Roosevelt talks a lot in his diaries about the fact that relentless activity is what kept the anxiety and depression away. Because his wife, his first wife died young. His children also, there were a couple of his children, if I remember correctly. His, oh, sorry, no, it was his mom and his wife who passed within the same weekend. Same day, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so did, childbirth and his mom just like died on the same day. And it's like, what do you? That's what it was. And he broke as a person. And he talked about that where it's like, the reason I was able to stay sane was because every time something dark came up, I would find something to do. And so he just, he filled the void of just like, I just learned everything I could. It's why he was an outdoorsman. It's why he worked out so much. And yeah, turns out when you take that away from people who are already chronically overstressed in the first place and don't give them anything in return, I think a lot of us are coming to realize just not necessarily how sad, but certainly how out of touch we were with ourselves. Mm. You nailed it. I have my nailed moments. it. <laughs> I, no. I always I joke about that with students where I'm like the one thing I'm good at is words that's about all I've got <laughs> I don't have a whole lot but I'm pretty good with words that's why I do the podcast I'm not actually productive in life but this is something I can do <laughs> all right this is the other problem with living downtown is I have constant sirens so excuse me a second I I closed my window I should have told I you beforehand that. figure something out later oh no but that's <laughs> what the windows closed well, oh like yeah <laughs> This will be good for like historicity where it's like, oh yeah, we, we did this podcast during coronavirus and we had constant sirens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we dealt yeah, with the worst. The, no, but, the being stuck it, indoors is so miserable. <laughs> it's interesting though. I know we're veering off topic and honestly, like this is running long <laughs> enough and we're Whatever. having a good enough time chatting that like forget the rundown. But um, You can pin this down. Yeah, no, pull us back on topic. You're the guy in charge of this show. Well, uh, don't put the pressure, all right? But <laughs> I'm saying like... What you just said now, I'm like tying it back to what we were talking about at the top, which is, are millennials going to be the thought leaders of the future? And now I'm starting to think there is another part of this where- There is another avenue here. This downtime, like this downtime forcing us to like get in touch with ourselves, really reprioritize and uh, like just, just kind of having like a massive sesh, like coronation. Yeah. That- we're, we might, we might get, we might recharge the batteries. We might get reinvigorated. And because we're so, like, the only thing that we can consume right now is all this BS news that yeah. gets us angry, that gets us like fired up mm. that maybe, maybe enough of us are going to get fired up enough to make a difference. I do think that's a possibility. Well, I really I hope so. But the one thing to throw some cold water on that, I think that 
things that really wear down on someone's psyche is not having stable financial situation and not having stable health care. And right. those are the two things that I feel like our generation, like people in general, have constantly been missing lately. Right. Like gig economies, true. wages getting stagnant, properties being really high, health insurance just generally being a mess. Like whether or not you support, you support Medicare for all, like current, current health care system is a mess. Yeah. yeah. I, and I will, I will say, I guess, lest, uh, lest it immediately put out the fire here, because that's also an entirely fair take, because I get that. Yeah. I, I would say, I, I, I can at least say that as someone who's held, like, left-wing opinions for probably the last, like, however God knows how long, it is nice to see a huge chunk of our generation waking up to things like the gig economy and things like the kind of wage, like, the, wa- uh, the wage slave sort of stuff that we've been put through. Like, wait a second. This is just a giant Trojan horse. Like, the tech is being used as a Trojan horse to sell us on terrible jobs. Like, none of these things were sustainable. Uber, Lyft, fine companies, great ideas, unsustainable business models. If your business model is built off of actively ruining the lives of your own employees by paying them too little and treating them subhumanly, you're not a good business. That's the long short of it. Like, I don't care what what like level of what's the word i'm looking for innovation there we go doesn't matter how much innovation you're bringing to the industry if you're not treating your employees like people you're failing as a company and And that's where regulation has to come in because i feel like it's always going to be a losing battle if you expect corporations to self-regulate their morality you have to have regulations absolutely And and i think a lot of people are realizing now that or at least in this crisis has been, yeah, the corporates aren't going to do anything for you, man. They don't care about you. How many, how many meatpacking people have been brought back and been like, what, why, or target, or the fact that a Staples is open nearby me. I don't know why. I don't care what your printing needs are. You don't need to haul those people in every day. Exactly. Does anybody really need to buy pens that badly? Well, you're going to thank yourself for bringing that particular part up because oh, good. Yeah. You know, what's coming up. Elon Musk and corporate versus state interests. So one of the things that has been in the news consistently is Elon Musk. He just can't seem to stay away from his keyboard and he can't seem to shut up about things that he doesn't actually know about. He was always going to teeter between the hero of our generation and the greatest supervillain we've ever, like he really is Anakin Skywalker, but just like way more fragile. He's consistently downplayed the danger of the virus uh, he's falsely claimed that children are immune to the virus. Uh, funny because he just had a kid. Uh, he's oh, called God, for right. rolling back you widespread measures. Kid? Okay, sorry. Take oh, you're fine. <laughs> Hang on. I also have something to grab. I'll be back in a second. Keep going. Right, keep going. Okay. Sorry. No, he's called for rolling back widespread measures to slow the spread. He sued Alameda County in California over the restrictions which had limited production at the facility since March, he tried to reopen his California Tesla plant, bringing in thousands of employees to work in the middle of the lockdown. Yep. He was once a cool renegade, and quoting Marina Corrin of The Atlantic, who does ama- amazing work, he was once a cool renegade, and now has taken more the form of a social welfare debilitator. And like I said, the supervillain he was capable of becoming when he was not getting in his own way. The difference is, I would say the difference between Bezos and Musk is that Musk has, an, has enough of an ego to think that he's the good guy. Bezos just doesn't put out statements because I think he's realized they, they're never going to like me. Whatever. He's on track to be a trillionaire. I saw that. T-R-trillionaire. Within, within the next 10 years is what they're saying. It's absurdity. I don't, I fundamentally don't, and once again, massive left wing here. 
but like I fundamentally don't get how people can defend this kind of garbage anymore. Like this, he's, and the thing is, it, there's a certain aspect of if you were self-made, fine. You're building yourself out, you're building yourself up on the literal bodies of your people who are working under you. Bezos is not making that money because he's out there actually doing, no, he's doing that because the man has set up enough warehouses where he pays people slave wages and just thinks that they'll keep working until they die and then he will replace them. And, and the, that is the probably is, how he views them. In the, in the positions that we're all in, that's probably what's going to happen for a lot of people because they don't have another choice, especially right now. I have friends who went to Amazon begrudgingly to get a job because they don't have another way and unemployment was too bogged down in their state because unemployment systems have been so undercut since the Reagan administration that their technology still runs off of paper copies and fax machines because they haven't received the funding that they need to. So this is not a failure of, this is the way it was built by the Republicans. They wanted to undercut these services. They wanted to make it that way. So that way, when people like Jeff Bezos arrive, they can just abuse the system that was set up by conservatives and suddenly they're rich as hell. And it's, it's gross. And it's gross and I will never agree with it. And I think this always, for me, it always points back to when you need better regulations, you need better laws. Yeah, Absolutely. Companies and... CEOs will never, they will never really consider the ethics. That's not their job. And that's not like how co corporations are incentivized to work. You need to regulate them. Corporations are absolutely built for profit. That's what they do. They are, a, they are not amoral. They, they, sorry, they are not immoral. They are amoral. They do they not care. Amoral. Yeah. That's what I tell a lot of people who are like, oh, why can't corporations just do the right thing? They're not built to consider right or wrong. They're built yeah. to maximize profits within the, like, the rules that are given to them. You need to make sure those rules are okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's more, those are okay. So for me, like I have a lot less corporation hate and more like just need sure. to regulate them. It's the right, it's regulation hate. Well, but it's, it's also the fact that like we're coming into this time period and this in classic fashion, we have the exact wrong people for this situation. We have a bunch of, of crony goons who are willing to do whatever they need to, to get more money. And that is not how a federal government should be run in this situation. If we had in the dream scenario when we had Hillary, um, if she was in charge of this, like, don't get me wrong, I disagreed with some of her politics and I still disagree with the center left to a certain extent myself, but that doesn't mean I'm about to vote for the enemy. What are you insane? <laughs> but a, like, if we had had someone who was willing to put out regulations, who was willing to actually hamper some of these businesses a little bit better and do some of the things that you're talking about, Sherman, like, we, I don't think we would have such ludicrous problems we do right now where yeah. meatpacking plants are hauling in employees under threat of law like it's insane yeah I, uh, it's, by the way the thing yeah. i was grabbing because now we're going to talk about musk because of course we are it's actually a dr doom mask <laughs> oh, and the reason behind that is i can think of no better analogy for elon musk than my favorite super <laughs> because victor von doom is the best analogy for elon musk you keep thinking you're the good guy elon and you keep nearly blowing up the world stop it that <laughs> really is great yeah, it's, it's interesting on the one hand elon musk is uh kind just in terms of his what he designs what he dreams up he is progressive all electric, all the time, looking oh, for the future electronics. He's not the person that we need doing that. Just what he's shown us, like, yeah, we'll take the ideas, but you need to, uh, you need to adjust, man. Like well, something's got to change. I mean, I, I kind of want to hear Sherman's rant about it, his kid's <laughs> name, because dear God. <laughs> 
Oh, about Elon Musk. Yeah, I can't like I can't comprehend how someone would name their child a bunch of yeah. mathematical. What symbols. is it like X twelve Ash something? Like, come on, that that kid is a human being. <laughs> like this. Go around with that name. This you know, child California, hate California struck that down. Did he? Oh really? <laughs> yeah, there's na- there's naming uh, laws and <laughs> there's naming convention violation. Well, I mean, to be fair, like... Yeah, most states do have laws. You can't name your child something abusive. Well, you you can't name your child something that might, like, potentially endanger them, I want to say. Like, you can't probably name them Adolf, I imagine. You can't name them Mao, like... (laughs) They're... Right? Like, there's There's, gotta be a list of... There's there's gotta be a list of names in an office where it's like, you can't do this because someone tried and we realized that we couldn't let them do that. (laughs) One case where, like, someone tried to name their kid Jesus is God or something, or Jesus is the Lord... Sure. And it struck that down because they're like, you can't make everyone who has to like address your child say that. Like, we know what you're trying to do. We get what you're trying to do here. We see through your game. I guess the thing that bothers me so much about Musk is the fact that like, I I just, I don't get was his most recent post on Twitter about the red pill. Mm. That got to me. That one was one where I'm like, okay, what is wrong with you? You know, you are a smart enough human being to know this is a dog whistle for men's rights activists and incels. Why are you posting this on Twitter? What are you, like, you're either doing this for, you're either doing this for the sake of publicity, which makes you a bad person, or you're doing this for the sake of you don't know what you're doing, which also makes you a bad person. Like, there is no scenario where you post swallow the red pill and try to brush that off as a Matrix reference. It stopped being a Matrix reference the but second think, the men's rights activists took it. Oh yeah, I think most that. people, based on the way that he talks, the way he presents himself, we all had a feeling that that's something that he could do or was capable of doing. Because he Probably. just, he really is, at his basis, a troll. He likes to instigate sure. things. And he does it to his detriment a lot of times. Right. But he does it because that's, and this is the other thing, when you're in power, you just feel like you're untouchable. He just chooses to do whatever he wants. It's the same thing as Trump. I mean, really. It's, it's a lot of the same logic. Like, you're not wrong. It's, it's the same personality is written over onto a semi-progressive auto, auto manufacturer. Right. Like, that's what it comes down to. He has a cult-like personality. He has a God complex. Absolutely. And that surprises me. He likes yeah. the attention. Yeah, well, and he's got, and he's got people out there defending him constantly from right. doing incredibly stupid things. Like I think that one of the ones that broke me because all all I mean, full disclosure, I did invest in Tesla at one point, and what broke it for me is when he accused that guy un like without any evidence of being a pedophile. And I was like, is, this is the guy in charge of this company? Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I'm selling all stock. I'm never buying Tesla again because he's going to do something stupid and tank my money. And I don't want that. Like, are you insane? Do you want to put your money in the hands of, a, of an egomaniac like that? Yeah. Wait, out, no. Andrew, I'm curious. Yeah. What, uh, what was the share price when you sold? Oh God, it was low. And two, I, a buddy, of, a buddy of mine has given me endless, endless crap for selling too low. I'm just like, you should have just hung on. I'm like, morally, I can't do that. I did the same well, thing. Night, that's good. <sighs> I did the same thing. And I just like, I think a week ago, I looked at their share price for the first time in months. And it is, feel. it's brutal, man. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. A- Turn, well, I, turns I out. My Amazon shares are doing really well. So oh, I bought, I bought Amazon you. at 250. So. Yeah. I'm wow. doing fine, <laughs> but it's one, of, it's, one of, it's one of those where like, and I've actually considered selling my Amazon stock at a certain point of like, because you have to, at some point, 
as a moral person in modern society, you have to make the decision of, do I want any of who I am connected with actions that I disagree with? And that's something that I've considered with my Amazon stock. I'm like, yeah, it's making me money hand over fist for my retirement. But like, does that really change the fact that that money is established on the backs of people who really shouldn't be working right now? Almost blood money, huh? Yeah, it's it, there's a gross feeling to it. Like, I'm proud of myself for getting the stock low and getting a bunch of cash off it for, you know, money for when I retire. But looking at it, I'm like, God, do I want that though? Like, do I want any of what I am to be associated with these psychopaths? Like, I don't know. That's a general question more than a statement, I would say. But I do, I do feel like... Again, going back to my point about you have to play the game with the rules you're given. If you do that, then you're just letting people who don't have those hangups win and you're not really helping anyone. You're just hurting yourself. This is true. But you selling your Amazon stock prices isn't going to change anything no. he's doing or change, you know, that fact he's a trillionaire. Right. You're just shooting, you know, you're hurting yourself to make a moral point, which is respectable and that's fine right. and that's what you want to do. But the corollary is like, it's, I think it's also fine to hold on to those shares. And I, I will say there is a certain... As long as you're voting progressively and like trying to do your best to make <laughs> sure that things And there, there is a certain purity of thought myth that I think goes into the, the modern Democratic Party of like trying to purge out all possible ideas that are, are deviant or disagree with like the very heavy left-wing socialist kind of ideology where it's like, no, you can have like, I will take support from anywhere as a reasonable person who is left-wing. Like, I don't yeah. care who, who is with me as so long as we're trying to move the needle forward. Right. And I think, I think that's a fair point where it's like, yeah, why disadvantage yourself for people who are not willing to disadvantage themselves for the same game. Why do that? And that's fair. Yeah, yeah I think both are valid. It, it yeah. really comes down to like, what do you value and like, what makes you sleep at night? Completely know? true. Yeah. And that was part three. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we are going to be releasing part four very, very soon. You can find it on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and uh, it's gonna get more fun and more crazy as we go along. So until then, stay sharp, stay motivated, peace out.